How does mountain biking help with your mental health? And why are women-only groups and communities so vital in the mountain biking world? That's what I'm going to be discussing today with the wonderful Shawnee, founder of Shred Like a Girl and all-round beautiful human. But just before we do that, don't forget to head on over to the Girls on Wheels website and subscribe to the newsletter, where you can keep in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes and be in with a chance to get involved. And please give the pod a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Girls on Wheels Podcast and check out the pod's number one supporter, Shawnee at Shred Lucky Girl. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Shawnee, <laughs> to the first ever Girls on Wheels Podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much. So Stoked exciting. to be on it. Stoked to be the first guest and terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified too, don't worry. To kick us off, um, how you got into biking. Yeah, over over to you, Shawnee. How how have you got to where you are today? Um, I originally uh, got into mountain biking because I was seeing this guy from Tinder and his housemates uh, rode mountain bikes. And every time I was there, they would just come home. There were a couple and they came home. They were so stoked. And she had like female riding friends that she went with. And she was just like in such a good mood every single time she came back. And they kind of jokingly said that I should get into mountain biking, but in a way that like, if you want to break lots of limbs, you should get into mountain biking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> and then um, I kind of didn't think anything of it again until like I stopped seeing that guy. And then, and then a couple of months later, I just woke up one day and decided I would be a mountain biker. So I just bought this <laughs> this really shitty mountain bike. It was like an XC one that just wasn't suitable for anything that I was like planning on doing with it. Um, it was, I don't know, what is it in pounds? It was like 500 Australian dollars, which is, I don't know, two, 250 pounds. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, just bought it secondhand, uh, went out on the trails and I absolutely loved it from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Um did you break any limbs? No, I've never broken any limbs. Touch wood. Uh, <laughs> never broken anything. Oh, no. Yeah, I've I've had um, a concussion, uh, but that's that's the extent of it. Had a like week off work um, with, <laughs> but no broken limbs. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I will ask you about that in a bit because everyone loves a good crash story, don't they? Um, and I feel like you can talk about crash stories when you're in the safety of your own home. I do not like having conversations like that at the start of a trail. <laughs> I'm like la 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 la, covering my ears because I just feel so superstitious. I'm like I don't want to hear when someone's ankle bones popped <laughs> through their shin on the trail I'm about to ride. Thank you. I remember I was going to it was a Katie Curd course, like a a drops one I think and um, with some of the girls and people started talking about bones poking out of <laughs> legs I was like why are we talking about this um that's cool so you got like an XC bike that wasn't necessarily equipped for what you were riding so where were you because obviously people might have noticed that you've got a little bit of a twang yeah my dodgy accent yeah, where, where are you um yeah. <laughs> um I was well I'm Australian uh and I was living in Sydney um at the time where most of the trails are just technical rocky um kind of trails uh so it wasn't it wasn't great it wasn't a good bike for that <laughs> <laughs> did it have any suspension uh yeah it did in the front um yeah it was just a hard tail but yeah not oh, good that's, hard. that's hardcore Shawnee <laughs> I, um, I was too stubborn to get a new bike as well I was like nope every other bike makes me anxious I just want to ride this bike and that's gonna be my bike <laughs> uh have you still got it now no no um as soon as I tried somebody's dual suspension bike that was it I was like two weeks later I had a new bike with dual suspension <laughs> I, I was hooked I was, was like that- why am I wasting my time on this hardtail <laughs> yeah that that's similar I started on a hardtail and then rode someone's full sus and it felt like a magic carpet I was <laughs> like oh my god the trails are smooth because yeah. you don't really know any different do you when you're on a hardtail um yeah you just think it's normal to like be like, but then yeah, I went on this dual suspension and I was like sold. Yeah, and yeah, literally within a few months, I'd spent sent, spent more money on my bike than I had on my car, and I was like, I can't believe I'm this person. But <laughs> it 
happens, doesn't it? Yeah. So how how many years ago was that then? Like, how old were you when you met Ooh, this guy who planted the seed? <laughs> um. Oh gosh, this is where my math comes into it. I think I was twenty six. Gosh. Yeah. I'm 30 now, so I think it was 26. It was about four years ago. <laughs> okay. So yeah. you were another like late comer to the sport. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had never been exposed to it in any way previously. Um, didn't even know it was a sport, um, really. I, I obviously knew bikes existed and I had uh, bikes as a kid, but I hadn't touched any bike since primary school um, before buying that hardtail. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's quite quite similar I think a lot of people do that they tend not to not really know that it's there like mountain biking um per se they know that bikes exist and people go on their bikes but yeah it's like you don't really know the world's there do you until you have a little look and then you're like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and it's it's so quick to just get lost in that world as well I found at the beginning I didn't notice anyone else's bike or anyone else's gear I didn't think about it I was just like I like riding my bike and now I'm like perving on other people's bikes and I'm like looking at components going oh should I upgrade and (laughs) cool so you started your mountain bike career in Sydney then and then yeah like you're obviously in the UK now you're not in Sydney anymore do you want to share a little bit about how that transition happened and why and that yeah um that happened December last year so it's been what month is it now like 10 months um yeah yeah I'm like what month is it now yes it's October it's been been about 10 months um (laughs) moved over just before Christmas uh moved the day before the shortest day of the year um so that was pretty brutal um (laughs) the sun didn't even come up really it's just like (laughs) it tried and then it didn't get there um yeah but moved over (laughs) with my boyfriend Dan who's English um he was living in Australia with me uh he wanted to stay in Australia but I made him come back to the UK uh (laughs) um we we really moved over for riding and travel like the mountain biking here is just incredible there's so many different trail centers and bike parks and um your country is just so tiny like the UK is is so small and you can get to so many different places um it's still crazy to me that you can just drive two hours and you're in Wales which is you know insane um yeah the first time we drove to Wales uh Dan made a joke about me needing my passport to get there and I was like, half of me knew he wasn't serious, but the half, other half of me is like, I'll pack it just in case, like just in case somebody asks. <laughs> <laughs> so I took my passport to Wales. Nobody could like. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I was like, it's a different country. Like you have to take it. <laughs> oh, Dan. That's so funny. <laughs> like border patrol on the edge of Wales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't, oh, I don't take it anymore I just need you to know that it's just that one time <laughs> yeah I'm very gullible sometimes um but yeah they just go riding at different places every single weekend um it's been incredible and the UK is just obviously closer to um like Italy and Spain and France like you could just pop over for a, for a long weekend um which is incredible coming from Australia that's so far away from everything um and if you want to drive yeah. two hours from Sydney like the first hour of it you're still in Sydney and then <laughs> and you're finally out um but it's kind of pretty much the same thing within a two-hour drive whereas in the UK you drive two hours and it's completely different um which is yeah, yeah this just blows my mind it's so good in, term, in terms of shred like a girl then and like the bigger vision for it was any of that to do with like breaking down the barriers for for girls new in the sport would you say or is there different like goals yeah yeah definitely um because if none of the if you don't see women out in the trails or you don't have any female friends that ride bikes and all of the gear is made for men um it's kind of difficult to see yourself in that position because yeah no other woman is there um so yeah definitely the brand is kind of trying to focus on that so why we're not making like any men's clothes or anything like that we just want to have somewhere specific 
for like something specific for women um so that yeah women can feel good and look good uh when they're riding their bikes and just know that it's a space that they're meant to be in um because they definitely yeah. are like you might we kind of had it at when we went on the social ride at Dovey there was like a group of I don't know six of us women that walked up to to where you get the tickets um from and it's just like it felt like every single conversation stopped and everyone just like turned mm. their head and stared at us as if we were just like not meant to be there and if if we weren't like surrounded by the group of women that we were with you would like I would feel very uncomfortable by that <laughs> as someone with anxiety I would just panic and I'd, I'd be like overthink how I'm moving through the space and then it'd probably throw off my yeah. throw off my day and I'm like do I normally swing my arms like this anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but like if I wasn't with the other women I probably would have just panicked pretended that I forgot something from my car and like gone back to my car and like waited till everyone left or something but if you don't have any other women with you or you never ride with other women then how are you meant to feel like you're meant to be there um so yeah the the more women we can get into the space the better because then yeah it'll just keep encouraging other women to get there um yeah, yeah d- definitely and I think because I, I was with you at Dovey wasn't I and it, yeah. it did feel like you were walking into like a, a pub like in the middle of <laughs> the village or something and yeah. you didn't belong there and everyone was like hmm? yeah. and you're like don't trip don't trip yeah. like I don't know yeah you just you just it just made you feel a bit like oh my god I, I got I don't know maybe with Dovey as well it's it's very like um what's the word personal there isn't it and I don't think they have a lot of regular riders so it's probably yeah. a case of as well oh there's there's new people here but also there's that added element that we were six girls um probably you know giving the benefit of the doubt here but more that we were new and yeah. we hadn't been there before but there's definitely you definitely feel that at other places when there's a couple you know a couple of girls together and people will tend to sort of like look because guys, guys are so obvious as well like they're not, <laughs> they're not subtle yeah I mean I probably think, think they the are <laughs> I probably think the same if I see a group of girls together I would look at them and be like do you like are you looking for another like friend to add to the group uh, like where are you riding yeah. where are you based do you want to be best friends like we can ride bikes together but that's what I love there about when you do see the girls like literally you're just like you just like magnetize towards them aren't you especially if they're on their own yeah and you're like oh my god like you just want to like wrap them up don't you <laughs> like, put your arms around them and be like you know come ride with us are you riding on your own they're probably I mean some of them are probably fine and I've had a few people where they're like oh oh I'm all right I'm riding with these guys or whatever but I think it's nice you sort of it's a rarity I'd say in some places to see other girls so when you do see them you you get overexcited don't you and you're like oh my god (laughs) um what do you think's the biggest thing that can stop a girl getting into biking um asking the big questions I don't know I try to think and there's like so many things going through my head that could potentially affect it like location people to ride with um access to to like I guess finances to buy a bike because getting into mountain biking is expensive um and as much as people that don't mountain bike are like oh you just buy the bike and then that's the only expense they are so wrong what happens when you want to upgrade your components (laughs) and like buy all the new gear and then your new bike and then your other new bike and then you need a dirt jumper and maybe your two bikes are lonely you need to get a downhill bike like yeah (laughs) (laughs) I digress um (laughs) um oh I think there's so many things we could do but there's so many things that kind of go into it like they need access to the right gear that's made for them that fit their bodies um not specifically like clothing like mine but protection um like having body armor that fits over boobs is is a big one because a lot of them don't um and then clothing that goes up to like bigger sizes because yeah a lot of the mainstream brands stop at size xl um and there's a a lot of women that are over size xl that ride mountain bikes um and i think when they're when girls are younger it's kind of difficult because it's is kind of perceived as a as a men's sport for a young woman to go in and tackle like and start a men's sport like I don't know 
kids are super mean. <laughs> so like I saw yeah. a few posts of young girls getting bullied for riding mountain bikes. Um, I think things like that oh. are a huge, uh, in, like they affect young women a lot. And then if they're going to get bullied at a young age, it'll kind of stop them from progressing the sport um, or deter them from doing it or maybe from like sharing their experiences and and things like that so it's like I think there's different difficulties in different stages of women getting into mountain biking um yeah Yeah. I agree I think like you said there it's almost whenever you want to start something new you need to get the equipment together don't you (laughs) so you've got to get a bike and if you're not I think if you're not um surrounded by people that know the sport you're like right okay so where do I go for advice like because suddenly you look at the mountain bike market and you're overwhelmed with decisions and you're like what yeah I I still don't really know what my bike does it wasn't (laughs) I went into a bike shop where I trusted the guy and he recommended it but I didn't know fully what it was I was just like well I trust Rich so I'll get that bike um but if you don't have someone to sort of guide you with that or these mountain bike groups for example that are that are just girls then I think that that can cause a bit of a barrier because where are you going to get your information from um yeah like, definitely so that, that can stop you but also like the kit I mean you could talk about this forever and ever couldn't you <laughs> but if you can't then get your kit um and like you want to yeah you, you for, for whatever reason you want to feel really protected because of well whatever reason but then you can't find something to fit you that can make you think oh this just feels like hard work hmm. um can't be be asked with this um and then finally when you've like got yourself together you've then got this like imposter syndrome feeling I think yeah because especially when you join it a bit older maybe not as a kid because kids are you know a lot braver when you're a kid aren't you but as like an adult joining into a sport that you don't really know a lot about but you know you love I think there's um things like that where you can overthink things and be like oh god I'm an imposter um but yeah then you've got to overcome that haven't you and this is where I think that group like girl rides and stuff and like communities for girls are really, really important because it's not that we don't want to ride with men or anything like that. It's nothing against men, but it's just creating a space where girls can feel comfortable um, and they can relate to other girls. Cause yeah, guys don't have the same difficulties, do they? Um, maybe someone new, they might not know what bike to choose fair enough, but they've got a lot more choice of kit and, probably more people they know that do it yeah whereas it is a rarity in in the girl world isn't it so but I think these these girl groups are important because people can come and just feel like safe is like you know what I mean I don't mean like safe I I mean I'm I'm, I don't know if I'm making sense yeah I get what you mean it's not like a like physical safe environment it's like an environment where you can kind of go you're not judged you're with people that are like similar to you and have the same I don't know not way of thinking but yeah yeah it's a it's a group of people that are similar to you or have similar experiences um which I think is super important and um since moving to the UK women's groups are how I've made all of my friends. Um, it's how I met you um, or, yeah. and through the ambassador program. Um, but yeah, the, it's so important because that's that's how you build communities. Um, and yeah, moving to UK as a brand was tough, but as a person was absolutely brutal. Um, and I, I had I, like, I moved over, I had no friends. Um, and for months I was like begging on these different Facebook groups uh, for people to ride bikes with. Um, but then you don't necessarily want to ride with guys, um, because I found sometimes you'll post and the men will have like ulterior motives. Um, so then Mm -hmm. like finding women that want to, to meet other women and and become social, um, it was like huge for me. And then I think that's why all of these women's, uh, events are so important because it is, um, it is connecting women to people that they might not, um, otherwise be able to meet. And then, um, yeah, it's kind of, I guess, sharing knowledge and the way that we, the way that we think and the way that we approach situations are, are different as well. So sometimes, like, you get scared of a feature or you don't know the right technique to do a jump or, or whatever it is, and 
a lot of I'm generalizing here, but a lot of a lot of men will be like, you just need more speed or go faster or like put your your butt over the back of the wheel or or whatever. Like kind of just have a just send it attitude. Whereas even mm. the way that we phrase things, again, generalizing, don't at me. Um <laughs> like we'll be like, okay, like um don't forget about your technique or you need to feel the flow of the bike or of the trail and then that will carry you to the jump instead of just like ride faster it's just like you know cruise through find the flow and and kind of get it done um so I think all those kind of things will encourage more women to get out on on their bikes um just through encouragement um yeah yeah Definitely. And I think you articulate things so much better than me because what I was trying to waffle on about was having these groups means there's there's a ready-made pile of people to, that you can connect with um, because you can get all the all your stuff together and be like, yeah, okay, I'm confident. I've got the right gear, the right bike. I know where I want to go. But then you're like, I haven't got anyone to ride with. And that's a massive, massive thing, I think, when you are a girl because when you're starting as well and and throughout your career your mountain bike career I love saying that I <laughs> <laughs> wobble down a trail at like one mile an hour <laughs> and obviously make no money from it but it's still a career but you you do sort of think oh I want to feel comfortable I don't want to be pushed out of my comfort zone like if you're having one of those days where you're just you're not necessarily feeling very brave perhaps um you just sort of you don't want someone to be like come on just do it and like you know yeah you just yeah you just want like a nice comfortable ride and I think if you don't have lots of people you can ride with that give you that feeling whether it's guys or girls it's not just obviously there's lots of encouraging guys out there that aren't annoying um (laughs) but yeah if you don't have that option then it can really make you think well I'm not just not going to go on my bike because I don't want to go on my own yeah because I'm a bit anxious about turning up there uh, I might get lost like you know all the usual stuff that we might think um is you know you sort of do anything with someone else because you think oh we're in it together it doesn't matter but yeah so I think that it's really good because it allows people to form connections and a lady I was speaking to at Northampton the other day um she was saying that it was really good because she doesn't have many girls to ride with yeah um and it's really nice to to meet other people that are quite local because also people don't necessarily use Facebook do they yeah Um, or they're not necessarily all over social media so they might not know about these Facebook groups um that are set up so and if you don't know how do you know that you don't know does that make sense like yeah another reason why having like a community is important because people can share oh, I live there and I'm part of that group. We're always going out on rides and then someone can tap into it. So, yeah. Um, just it's good. To, I just think it's good to talk about this and hopefully guys will listen to this podcast ultimately and they can hear these little bits that this is why it's important to have the the, the girl things going on. That yeah. It's not, you know, it's, you know, you get the going, eh, well, can I have a man's day? <laughs> Oh, for God's sake! Yeah. I mean, I've struggled to articulate myself. Um, so hopefully, you you will and other guests will articulate it better than I will. But it's not about like it's not men versus women. It's just you know, let's yeah, women want we, we are a minority in the sport, so we just need to create the community so we can get into it and yeah, yeah like feel comfortable. Those um those <laughs> Facebook comments make me think we need a like Facebook comment section bingo for every time <laughs> and men's like, what about me? Or you just need to go faster oh. or mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could, I think every girl's probably got about a hundred examples of that, haven't they? Um but interestingly, I mean I don't know what everyone else thinks or what you think. Sometimes I think it depends what mood I'm in as to how I like interpret those messages. Yeah. If I'm on one or whatever or I'm feeling a certain way then I can definitely read something and then take offense to it yeah whereas if I read it on another day I'll be like "Eh, yeah thanks yeah I'll I'll check that or whatever yeah yeah I'm definitely the same I'm actually much more of a assume the best of them rather than assume the worst uh but I'm also more of the if it's commented on something I've done 
actually, happily, I've never ever had a negative comment on anything for Shred Like a Girl, which I am amazed by and I absolutely love. Um, and I think yeah. that's like because we've kind of made a community. Anyway, um, but yeah, if it was something negative on something I could control, I'd just delete the comment um, and just make like get rid of that negativity. There's no point having it there because then other people will see it and then they'll get mad and react. Um, yeah, I, I if it's somebody attacking somebody else and like blatantly attacking them, um, then I'll kind of comment. Um, but I always overthink what I reply because I'm like people will connect Shawnee to Shred Like a Girl, so uh, I would I would yeah. never just be like you're a blah blah blah. I would always overthink it and then come up with like a proper response, even though I'm responding from my name. Um, but yeah, I think. Most of the time, to me, people are trying to respond in a way that they think is helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes we go a bit too far with the whole mansplaining blame. I think sometimes the person is just trying to help and we're just like, stop mansplaining. Um sometimes yeah. they are just mansplaining you know there's fine balance <laughs> I don't know yeah, where the line is it, but it's it there <laughs> yeah it, it's quite blurry so for guys it must be really bloody blurry because they probably <laughs> like uh, get attacked yeah. when they didn't actually mean anything by it and then the ones that did mean something by it like get away with it so it's mm-hmm. it is yeah it's you know what 20 years ago this wouldn't have been a thing would it because we didn't have social media so <laughs> yeah crazy yeah yeah some I hope that people do listen to this and get a bit more understanding that the intricacies of why the girl stuff is is important hey it's me just a cheeky little interruption here to remind you to go over to the website and sign up to the newsletter give me a follow on socials at girls on wheels podcast and if you're enjoying this head over to podchaser.com and leave me a raving review as it helps me so much and I really appreciate it. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, so the title of this episode is going to be around like how mountain biking helps with our mental health. I think that almost everyone that I've met um, through biking has said that it it helps some, it's an escapism, it um, relieve stress like it's it all seems to be linked to mental health and I was quite surprised by that when I first got into the sport um, because I found biking when I was in having a really rough time and I had some time off work and I was yeah really burnt out depressed anxious it was it, it was awful um, but that's how I got into biking and then that really really helped me channel that like all that crap I didn't you know, I had to do other things to also help myself, but it was a massive, massive help for me. Um, and then I was really surprised to learn that lots of other people were in the sport because it also helped them. I hadn't really realised it. Um, yeah, it was so beneficial. So, um, yeah, sort of if you're happy to share, like how how does mountain biking help help you in that sense? Yeah, um, always happy to hear uh, chat about mental health. Um, love it. I think more people should talk about it. Um, I didn't originally start it for mental health reasons, but it quickly became something that was so important to me. Um, as a person, I'm not very good at sitting still. I like to be doing stuff all the time. And when I'm, I know it's not always healthy, but when I'm like chilling out, I'm like, how can I make this relaxing time like more productive? <laughs> Um, whether that's like folding clothes while I'm watching TV or or whatever it is. Um, but I found mountain biking is a form of, I guess, like meditation to me. It's a form of focusing my mind because when you're mountain biking, um, and I also rock climb as well, and it has the same effect for me is, um, is that you're focused. You can't think about anything else while you're doing that because you will make a mistake and you will crash. So you can't like any of your things that you're stressed about, that you're anxious about, you cannot think about when you're doing those things because you have to think about like looking ahead and your body positioning and what's happening on the trail. And as you like get better, you get faster and then you have to focus even more. Um, And then it's also good in that you always have something new to learn. 
Um, like yeah. you, so you can always focus your energy and there's so many, so many little wins that you can like feel good about. So whether that's um like if you use Strava, you can um be like, oh, I did like I felt really oh, I was about to say shit, but now I've said it anyway. I was like, no, don't swear. And then I was like, I'll just say it anyway. Um but you can swear, it's yeah. fine. I was like I felt really shit on that ride like everything felt um like off and I felt like I couldn't ride my bike and all this stuff and then you look at your Strava afterwards and you're like oh that's because I was going much faster than I was going before and then kind of like change your frame of mind to going like oh I felt really off to oh my god it's because like I was absolutely killing it and it feels good yeah um and also for me um during lockdown in Australia or New South Wales specifically um they had a uh, a time when you can only go within five kilometer radius of your house um and <laughs> during COVID we moved to the middle of the city um so, so five oh, kilometers no. of my my house was um was basically the CBD um and like we had luckily in Sydney there's a lot of parks so there were some like parks to go to and stuff, but they didn't really, they patrolled it and didn't want you to mountain bike there. Um, mm. And yeah, not being able to ride my mountain bike put me like, as well as everything else COVID related. Um, it just I, gave me the worst mental health I've ever had. Like it was, it was a couple of months after I started Tread Like a Girl actually um, when I should have been putting the most time and effort and be the most excited about it, it was the worst mental health I've ever had. Um, mm. like my anxiety was peaked and I had depression. So I was like too depressed to get out of bed and then too anxious to sleep. So <laughs> I was like waking up all the middle, middle of the night with like anxiety attacks and, and things like that. Um, and, uh, then days where I could get myself to go out onto my bike, um, we would just take the mountain bikes and we would go and like do urban, urban, um, downhilling. So we'd just like <laughs> go around the city and just be children and just cause a ruckus and we'd jump off stairs. And, um, there's this like really beautiful church, uh, in Sydney. <laughs> we're just like hooning down the, the steps of that. <laughs> and then the security guard comes across and is like, get away. Um, <laughs> but like the, those days actually being out on the bike just made such a huge difference like it was it took a lot of effort to get myself to go out on the bike um but it just yeah it just felt so good because you kind of have like childlike glee you're just like yeah oh, like playing around and doing that thing um and as silly as, as it was like riding places that you're not meant to ride that doesn't actually cause any damage it's good um it just it just yeah. felt really good you're like I'm so badass like cruising around <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was, it was go good. down the church that yeah. <laughs> all these all these kids were building um were building like different trails in like one of the big parks in the middle of Sydney um and like the there was patrols so like every time they saw someone on a mountain bike they'd be like get back on the road get off the grass and then these kids just building these lines and jumping off rocks and then um yeah it was really cool um yeah that is cool I think that is um one of the things with biking is it connects you to that like you say that child the child in us all um and it's just I just when I I started it was it like this time of year so it was really muddy and sloppy and just going and getting covered in mud like the aftermath was oh, <laughs> oh, oh god now I've got like yeah. full full muddy kit and a bike but initially and even now just getting covered in mud and like that feeling of yeah just being a kid and just thinking oh I don't I don't give a shit if I get soaking wet or filthy like yeah you just feel alive don't you like it's yeah it taps into that like you just giggle don't you like it is I just, it just suddenly sprung to mind then about you following me down that one at Cannock where all I could hear behind was just you giggling and it was the nicest the nicest like sound because you just it just makes you laugh then doesn't it but yeah you, you have no choice but to focus on what you're doing when you're on a bike so you there are no room for like all the other dark thoughts or the heaviness or the anxiety you just you have to focus and 
I think we can be, um, our brains can be buggers in that they want you to, it wants you to like think about the stuff that makes you feel bad and you really have to, like you know that you just need to take a break from it, but it's so much harder than, you know, you just can't just do that, can you? You've got to, you know, you know what's good for you, but your brain's like wired to go against you, I think. So yeah. having some sort of outlet that switches you off, mm. even if you don't want to, even if you've, as soon as you stop, I remember the first few times I was going out and even when I stopped, my brain would just go back to the repetitive thoughts or or whatever. But yeah. then as soon as I rode, it was like, it was trying to think about that shit. Yeah. But the mountain biking was like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. I'm going to focus on, on this like yeah because you don't want to fall off and because look you're going fast and yeah you're going through a puddle or you've jumped down a step or you've scared yourself a bit or it's yeah I just think it's there's like real uh magic in it that sounds really cheesy I can't think of another word oh it's good yeah I think there is magic in it and as someone I don't like exercise I just don't like doing it so any way that I can actually exercise without like knowing I'm exercising is perfect for me. So like I remember yeah. a couple of months ago, I was just, I was having a bad day and I didn't want to ride my bike. I didn't want to do anything. And just, just a bad mental health day. I was like, this sucks. Everything sucks. And then I ended up dragging myself out onto my bike and like the start of the ride, I was like pedaling along and I'm like, I don't want to be here. This sucks. Bikes suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I like, I just did, one lap of my favorite trail it was I don't know maybe all up it was 20 minutes or maybe even 30 minutes at a stretch of just doing my favorite trail and I was like this is so good I love my bike like just like completely (laughs) flipped my my day around I was like okay everything's okay again and it was just like it was so hard to get to get on the bike but as soon as I did well maybe not as soon as I did but as soon as I was on like my favorite trail like cruising down again focused on on the trail I was like okay I've been been outside today I've done my exercise everything's good um yeah I think like just getting yourself out on the bike no matter how far you go how fast you go like none of that matters just getting out there is just such a big thing and yeah just I guess like base it on how you're feeling in the day whether that's physically or mentally and just just go for a quick one and do whatever you can do Hmm. yeah there's also with the the benefits of being out on your bike and being outside in nature and exercising I think for me I always find that when I'm having a bit of a a shit day and like I really don't want to go out because I can't be asked to get my bike out the garage I don't yeah. want to clean it I'm like really angry at the fact that I've got a sport so like, <laughs> oh, life would be easier if I didn't have this yeah but it's that sense of like a comp that like I've beaten my brain if that yeah. makes sense so when I come back and I'm like full of all the good stuff because I'm like yeah yeah uh, I'm then like yes yes and I know I sound bananas because I'm like talking to myself and I am one person but that voice that was like don't go out you can't be bothered with this this is going to be take you ages clean your bike it's crap weather or whatever it's like I've beaten that voice yeah I've beaten myself and I've gone despite really really not wanting to do this I have done it and for me that's also one of the biggest things in the sense of like yes like I've I'm I'm okay I've got the strength in me and the grit to to get out there despite everything feeling like it's going against me doing that yeah um definitely I remember it it sometimes happens now sometimes I just really really don't want to go out on my bike and I remember in the first like month or so being off work and being really like mentally unwell it took me about two hours to get ready I I was like I was lying on my bedroom floor staring at the ceiling going just put your mountain bike socks on and I had to talk myself through like every step like it took me two hours to leave my house and to get my bike out the garage and I did not want to do it and like you say I was pedaling and I was like I don't want to be doing it and then within like 10 minutes or so I was like oh I'm doing it I'm out on my bike yeah yeah then I had a great time and then you just feel totally different when you come back but yeah 
it it took me so long and there were so many moments where I could have just gone I could have just given in and gone now I'm not going to go out on my bike and yeah I think for me it ha- that helps me feel in control in a way of like sometimes things can feel really bad and you get overwhelmed and you're just like oh for god's sake but then you've all of a sudden got like a little bit of control yes you've beaten your brain um I don't know if that's the same for you but it certainly sticks out for me that yeah I've got some like oomph in there to just beat beat that little voice that's bloody there yeah definitely and then like I feel like once you've gotten yourself to go outside and like get on your bike once you get back you're like what else can I like what else can I get done whereas before you were just like why I would be just doing absolutely nothing or maybe just trying to do so many things that you're just spinning your wheels and you're just like okay ride my bike and then you're like okay now I can focus on getting the different things it kind of switches the mindset a little bit yeah Yeah, definitely like a reset Hmm. um so when you're having those days where you just literally don't want to go out on your bike and your brain is just against you what can you think of anything that you specifically do to like help you actually get out on your bike that someone who's listening who's feeling the same might be able to take away and go oh I'll I'll think about it like that or do that. Yeah. Um, I guess there's a, it depends really what kind of brain day I'm having. Um, so some days if it's, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I've got too much on my to-do list, I put it on my to-do list. Um, and then I decide before I'm going to go, before I go exactly what I'm going to do. And sometimes I'll do more than, than I like plan to do so I'll be like okay I'm just gonna get on my bike I'm gonna ride for 10 minutes out and then I'm gonna come back and then that's it um and adding it on my to-do list really helps me as somebody that that gets overwhelmed a lot because so many things to do so like then you get the extra sense of achievement of going okay I've done it um and then you're like yeah I've ticked off another thing on my to-do list like kicking goals um other days, again, it depends uh, what kind of day I'm having. Other days, I'll um, I'll organize to meet up with somebody, um, but it has to be somebody that I wouldn't want to disappoint by cancelling. Whether that's um, yeah. you both have to drive an hour to get to the trail that you're going to ride at, um, so like you know the other person's going to be like making the effort and getting there. Um, I think that that really helps me. Um, but yeah, again, it has to be a person that you, that you care about canceling on because yeah, sometimes I'll make plans and I just, I can't do it. I'll just, yeah, in my head. Yeah. I'm like I cannot meet that person. Um, actually I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Well, I guess it's not that funny. It's an anxious story, but <laughs> when I had moved to the UK and I was like desperately trying to make friends, um, I posted on a Facebook group, this girl um like slid into my Instagram DMs and was like I'll ride bikes with you I was like sweet that's good um and I have social anxiety as well as just (laughs) general anxiety um which is difficult for running there (laughs) just got like the combo (laughs) um but then which yeah sucks when you're running a business and stuff but (laughs) but I yeah so she messaged me on Instagram organized to meet I was like sweet I'm going to, I'm going to make a friend stoked. And then the drive there, I was like, I can't do this. I can't go. I'm like thinking through all the ways I can cancel this girl. I'm like, pretend you got a flat tire. Your car's broken down. <laughs> like you forgot you mixed up the days. Like you're sick. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, how can I get out of this? And then by the time, like I get to where we're riding, um, I was late, uh, because the annoying thing about I don't know but I'm feeling really anxious I'll get ready like I'll give myself way more time than I need to get ready I'll get ready really early and then I'll just I don't know mess about or something mm. because I'm so anxious and then I'm late like <laughs> even though I was I was like gonna be hours early yeah. but now I'm like yeah don't know um <laughs> but then I'm like sitting in the car park I've worked myself up with anxiety and I'm like I'm gonna be sick I can't like I'm gonna throw up I can't do this (laughs) but then in the end I was like nope 
I'm already in this car park. I have to, she's like just over there. Like, <laughs> just, like you have to go. Pretend that you're not you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she doesn't actually know I went through all of this before going to ride bikes with her. But I found, <laughs> so I guess sometimes sheer stubbornness is, <laughs> is what I use. I was like, I got to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you're feeling like that, just, yeah, just harness the inner stubborn person and just go. Um, I rode terribly. I had a bad day and everything sucked, but she's still my friend. So it was okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she had no idea I was uh, feeling this anxious. Um, Yeah. I feel like I'm just rambling now. What are some other actual helpful yeah. things instead of just being stuck? <laughs> I think, yeah, setting micro goals, uh, meeting up with people that you know you're going to have a good time with, even though you might not feel like that when you're getting ready to go. Um, and I guess knowing some days you just don't need to do it. Like, yeah, um, yeah when, when I was in lockdown, I spent a lot of time on, on Instagram and uh living through other people's glorious lives uh that live next to trails and I kept getting obsessed by like the hashtags they were using they'd be like ain't no paper chaser or ride every day and all this stuff and I'd be like shit I need to I need to ride every day like all these people are just like so happy and they're riding the bike every day and then I put, put all this extra pressure on myself because I'm like everyone else is fine and it's only me that's struggling even though realistically millions of people globally were struggling but in my head like in my tiny little universe like um I don't know it's it's a weird thing to say but sometimes I feel too big for my own like life and I just get too sucked into me being really important in my life even though obviously I am but then sometimes I'm like need to take a step back and be like there's millions of of people that are exactly the same um (laughs) yes so I just yeah, if you are having a really bad day, don't put pressure on yourself to go if you really, really can't, and that's okay. Remember that that's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, but then, yeah, days when you want to go, just set little little goals, um, I would say. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's a hard one, isn't it, because you could go to your, say to yourself, oh, no, this is a day that I just really don't want to go. And then every day you could say that you don't yeah. go. But I think yeah. it's, it's knowing yourself, isn't it? And knowing when you really are just absolutely exhausted. Like, I think you know, don't you? When you learn your, your mental health and you've gone through, you know, periods where it's not good and then it's good and it's that, that roller coaster. I think you learn, you learn yourself and you can identify when it's one of those days that you can push yourself yeah. um, and you'll, you won't, you know, you'll feel good for it. And then yeah identify actually this is a day that I am just gonna spend in front of the telly or whatever and yeah that that's okay okay we've got to be kinder to ourselves haven't we um because that story there like thank you for sharing all that but it's a classic example of how you just have no idea what's going on for people and what you know your friend wouldn't have known that you had that morning and that journey to meet her and that you're nearly sick in your car because you'd got yourself (laughs) you know that worked up but you managed to sort of swallow that back down, like literally maybe, (laughs) and then go out and have a ride. And, you know, people just, you just don't know. You just don't, everyone says it, don't they? But it's so true. You just don't know what, what's going on for people. Yeah. Um, But thank you for sharing that. And there's some really good advice there. Um, I like the one, put it on your to-do list and tick it off. I'm I'm one of those people that puts things that they've already done on their to-do list just to cross it off me too so I'm like, <laughs> yeah me too and you're like yeah I'm killing it today I did nothing on my yeah. to-do list but I added all this new stuff to my to-do list and I've done that so yeah that I did <laughs> yeah that I shouldn't have done because that was a procrastination from the stuff that I should have done but so that that leads on to something else that I wanted to talk about with people which is um what are their what like what are your biggest what is your biggest small win in biking I don't hopefully that makes sense yeah but um oh biggest small win I think um well I had the one recently just last weekend uh where I actually cleared a jump for once 
<laughs> it felt so good. Uh, and I've been trying to jump for ages. I did jump uh, um, jump coaching on the Saturday. Um, and then on the Sunday, I just, I cleared a jump and it just, it felt really, really good because I don't know, sometimes I would hit jumps and I, I understand like what you're meant to do to jump. Like I understand all the processes, when to compress, when to do everything. But then actually putting that into practice is so hard. Like I didn't know I had so many limbs to control at one time. Like, <laughs> like, have I always had to control all of these? I don't know. But, but like doing everything at the right time is just so hard. Uh, and then, yeah, just someday it just felt good. And I did it at the right time and I, I went up. And I remember being in the air and just going, oh, my God, I'm still in the air. And I felt like I was in the air for hours and hours. I was like, I'm sending it. It's so high. And I've been <laughs> up here for hours. <laughs> just like, woo. <laughs> but then you watch it back and, I don't know, I was maybe not even a wheel high. <laughs> and I was no, in you... the air for like a second. <laughs> but it, no, it you've gone like... to the moon. Morning. <laughs> it felt like it. I can, I can confirm because I was behind you and I was watching you and I was like, <gasps> I was so excited for you. It looked, um, yeah. yeah, it looked like you'd gone to the moon, and yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah. I think it's important that we always celebrate our what we call sort of small wins because sometimes we can put pressure on ourselves that we've got to do something massive in order to feel like accomplished, or in order to be able to say to people, "Oh, I've progressed," or "Yeah, I can mountain bike now." I think um, we can sometimes overlook these small wins that we have yeah um as like not a lot because oh everyone else is doing that or everyone else is clearing that but actually I don't know that sometimes it's just like that one thing that you do and then suddenly you're that that thing is no longer in your head yeah um but I guess you get to test that because you haven't been out since that's <laughs> yeah. have you no I haven't you need to <laughs> need to test out more it. jumps and see if it's yeah yeah no that's great I love that and it was so good to watch and I was that's another thing that I love about this um sport is that you get so excited for other people yes and it's and it's genuine as well it's not like fake it's genuine because like when I saw you do that jump I was so happy for you and I felt like I'd done it as well because I was behind you I mean I didn't as you can see on the video I just popped right on the top but yeah I just gave up on my I didn't care about what I was doing because I'd just seen you do it so I was like oh fuck this I'm just gonna roll it but oh just that that feeling of someone else doing something that you know that they they've been trying to do or that scared them I just think you yeah. yeah, you just buzz you just buzz for other people, don't you? I think um yeah, it's like a secondary yeah. buzz feeling of joy. Um yeah, and when you're surrounded so by people that are just yeah. And you're surrounded by people that are smashing it, you just have such a good day, don't you? Even if yourself you haven't necessarily ridden anything that scared you or, or done much yeah. in your head, you just you're like, Oh my god, that was such a good ride because they've done this and I saw them do that and la 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 so yeah it's it's so good um so I've got another question for you um I've sort of titled this like shit the beds you know when you shout I don't know if you if if it's a term that you use in ours but I mean or maybe it's just a me thing but I'll be like shit the bed as in that was absolutely terrifying um but yeah what is your biggest shit the bed (laughs) in biking like what what scares you the most Oh, what Still. scares me the most or what event scared me the most? Like, <laughs> do you want a crash story What's... or do you want to know what I'm most scared of? <laughs> what what you're most scared of? Just so that I think this is going to be really interesting when I speak to people, when people learn that um, who they might perceive as a really good rider and who's got their shit together and all that. They then learn, oh, actually, they're still scared of this. Yeah. It, and you're like, oh, I'm scared of that. So actually, I'm not you know yeah I'm not does that make sense yeah 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 Just, I get it um yeah I would say drops but it's it's when I say drops I absolutely love the ones that like you're kind of you're riding across and you don't really have to do anything and you just plop off the end to a um to a lander that just carries you and it's perfect I can do really big ones of those and it feels amazing because I'm just riding off the end of something 
Um, it does take me a bit to work up the courage and I scream the entire time. But those are like, it's fine. You just need to get, well, for me, I just need to get the right speed. Uh, so I'll follow someone in that knows the speed and that's fine. But then it's the really teeny tiny ones that are just to flat and you need to actually use drop technique. <laughs> I've just gone OTB on them so many times just because I like kept getting in my head about them and then it meant that I wasn't doing the technique that I know I can actually do. So whenever I do like coaching and clinics for it, it's perfectly fine. I nail it. Um, it's textbook. But then whenever I'm on a trail, I just panic and then my front wheel will just go over and then I'll just go OTB over the bars for people who don't know what OTB is. Um, but I've done it so many times that I've perfected my rollout of over the bars. So that was like when I first started, that's always how I'd crash every single time. Um, I realise now it's because on my um, on the first bike I bought, I'm like pointing it down downhill trails, but it like the head angle of it, the front wheel was like tucked under basically. So <laughs> just, yeah. it was not made not for smack it. at all. Yeah. So it's, it wasn't a hardtail problem necessarily. It was my specific bike problem. Um, but because I kept going OTB, uh, I just perfected it. Um, again, touch wood. I've never once hurt myself from going OTB because of my beautiful tuck and roll. Yeah. Maybe I'll show you one time. <laughs> Um, Have you got it on video? No, I don't. (laughs) It's a secret. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, because I've just crashed on them so many times, I just – my whole body stiffens up and I'm like, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. And people are like, it's a gutter, Shawnee. Like, it's it's a tiny curve. And I'm like, no, no, that's death. (laughs) Like, that is exactly how I die. (laughs) And it's so silly because people will be like, no, but you've hit, like, way bigger drops than this. I'm like, no, I've hit, you know, glide drops where you just plop off the end. But, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not the same. No, it's funny, isn't it, how you can do something and it can be deemed, like, big. Yeah. Um, uh, but then something smaller that's the same can actually get you. Yeah. And you say to yourself, but I've done this at this place. Why yeah. can't I do this? It's much smaller. It's much easier. And it, it's mad, isn't it, how your brain works? Because, yeah, sometimes I find there's no rhyme or reason to how I will look at something. Yeah. And, I'll be in my head about it like you say and just think no I can't do this and then we'll do something harder without even <laughs> thinking about it it's so weird yeah. I'd love there must be lots of science behind this but I, I think there's money in finding out yeah. why our brains do that because if you could take like a magic pill that just means that you apply logic to everything I think we'd be able to get over loads of stuff like yeah almost immediately but yeah, yeah. it's hard well, isn't it Okay, so just to end it all off, because we spoke about so much good stuff and thank you so much for sharing um, everything. And like, just want to say, amazing, you you came to a new country, you know, during the aftermath of, were we still in lockdown? I have no idea. But you've come here, you've started a new business, you had to start a new life um, whilst battling lots of demons and stuff and just you know fair play to you you're 10 months in and yeah hopefully like things feel a bit easier now in terms of your riding and you're feeling settled and you you, you shred like a girl um empire <laughs> take, take over, over the world, world. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exciting okay so I've just got some random quick fire questions just to finish off um yeah hit me <laughs> Okay, who's your mountain bike crush? I would have to say Ollie Wilkins, just because he smiles with his whole face and he just looks so happy all the time. And he just looks yeah. like he's having such a great time, which I'm going to his podcast Christmas ride soon. So maybe I'll meet him and I'll try my hardest not to say anything weird, but I'll probably be really awkward <laughs> and say something weird. <laughs> so you have to uh, let us know about that. I wonder if he'll listen to this and he'll be like, oh, my God, I've got to avoid that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> remember that face to avoid. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, wait, voice. Uh, We're a voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we might be a face. I'll see see if I can work the tech. Um, <laughs> where's your favourite place to ride in the UK? Um, Dovey Bike Park, definitely. Dovey. Has my heart. It's got your heart, hasn't it? Mm, yeah. It does. Uh, would you ever get a mountain bike tattoo? 
I think so. I uh, I really like to get dumb tattoos, so I think I'm going to get a silly mountain bike one. Maybe like a potato on a mountain bike or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something silly. <laughs> where, where would you have it? Um, well, maybe next to this dumb seagull. I've got this tattoo. It's a seagull with a mullet carrying a chip uh, on my forearm. <laughs> so I'll probably get it there and just get a collection of dumb shit tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You'll have to show us that. Um, okay, so if you could choose one skill for mountain biking, what would it be? Jumping. I wish I could jump really well. Yeah, I just feel like the other skills, I mean, jumping, I know I can practice, but there's a lot of trails I can ride with my current skills, but it it is made unsafe because I can't jump properly. Whereas if I could just yeah. jump properly, it would be much safer. So I think jumping. So, okay, next question. Would you wear pants and do your padded shorts or not? Ooh, I don't wear um, padded shorts very often, but if I was, really? I don't, I don't wear them under my mountain biking shorts. Yeah, um, I just like the friction. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I when I <laughs> sorry when, when I road ride, I do wear them. Um, I wear padded shorts, but I don't wear underwear under them um but I think if I had my period and was doing it I would wear I would wear underwear just yeah vaginas can't be trusted so I'd probably wear them (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's a quote quote of the day Um, yeah I I don't I just wear padded shorts um I'm so when I first started in that I was always pedaling quite a lot I never just used to just do downhill or uplift so I understand on an uplift day you're not really pedaling so do you need padded shorts on although I've got some like protective ones that I wear um but yeah I I couldn't imagine putting pants on as well as the padded shorts and then like your shorts or trousers over it like that's just too many layers that is it's just like yeah that's not fun for me but yeah okay um Okay, uh, what is your go-to, like, heckle when someone does something cool? I used to think I was a woo girl, but now I'm, like, after riding with a bunch of girls on the weekend, I don't woo very often. I'm more of a you girl, so I go you, and normally it's more like you, 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 you. Like, there's never just one. Uh, Yeah, definitely you. And uh, get it, girl is a classic. Uh, Even if it's a guy rider, I just get it, girl, to everyone, blanket. (laughs) I think it's really um it's really encouraging isn't it when you're doing a feature and like people are filming you or watching you like to hear that um you know that hype by the side of you is really really encouraging yeah Um, I tend to ruin videos by turning into like a real deep voice um, (laughs) bloke and go yeah (laughs) I don't even know who that is it's like it just comes out or like or I'll be, re- or I'll go the opposite and be really, really girly, yeah, and like be high pitched and like squeak or squeal or something. Like I don't know. Like but when yeah, I think when you're in the toilet and somebody knocks on the door and you've just got a voice that isn't yours and you're just like, "There's somebody in here." It's like every time it's a different voice. That's your cheer voice. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Or when you're in a restaurant asking for the bill and you go, "Well, like, like do that quiet shout, that awkward like." Can I, can I have the bill yeah, yeah you're just like who am I who am I yeah it's so funny okay um is so for someone new in the sport a lot of the time people ask what's the top tip but what what's one thing that a new person getting into mountain biking should avoid oh should avoid um I would say riding with people that aren't patient uh, it completely changes your your riding style. Um, yeah, if I ride with people that put pressure on or just um, or when you hear stories of people riding with, with their partner or whoever who's just like, hurry up and get it done, like don't, um, if you need to practice something, you need to ride with people that are going to be encouraging and help you through that. And for when, like when you start riding, at least for me, I was, always like I've always ridden with people that are better than me um but they've always been really patient and I feel guilty because I'm like I'm still most of the time the slowest (laughs) very unfit don't like pedaling um but yeah yeah, if I rode with people that made me 
feel like I was the slowest, that would be completely different. I wouldn't want to ride my bike. So, um, yeah, just ride with with people that are patient and I guess nice as well is important. <laughs> you don't want to ride with with people that pressure you into doing things that you're not ready to do um, and just make you feel shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Good, good advice there. Okay. So that is the end of the quick fire questions. And there's just one last thing to do, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the pod and chatting and sharing um, your story with us and everything else. It's been really good to talk. I'm really fun. And I'm glad that sort of you were here for the first one. Um, Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been good. Not as terrifying as I originally thought it was going to be. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Right. Okay. So I call myself a bit of a squid, which I can't remember who I stole that from. Um, (laughs) I think it might have been Becky Skelly. Don't know, but she was um, talking about herself and she said she was like squidding around and, you know, was a bit wobbly on a bike and shit. So I was like, oh, I quite like that. So I'm always calling myself squid. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So well, I'm going to ask everyone just as a parting thing to do their best squid impression. Um, <laughs> I'm going to record it just on my laptop, not not officially. But <laughs> You're yeah. filming your so, screen. <laughs> film, filming my screen because, you know, I'm a grandma. My, te- my technology is crap. Love it. But, yeah, uh, take it away. Do your best squid impression. Okay. I think squids would be high-pitched if they could be, and they're very wiggly, so you've got to do something with the arms. So... I'm going to go with. <laughs> that was that was my best. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> okay, hopefully that hasn't like pit, you know, been like a screech in people's cars or they're grabbing the volume button and going, "Oh my god, what was that noise?" Hopefully the editing software sorts it out, but um yeah, great Great squid impression. I think what I'll do is get everyone to do it and then run a bit of a competition and see who people prefer. I think um, I'll win. Pretty confident. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how good. We'll see how good everyone else's is. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you so much again, Shawnee. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girls on Wheels. If you enjoyed it, please head over to PodChaser.com and leave me a review. And don't forget to tell all your mates. If you've got any comments or want to get in touch, head over to my socials and drop me a message as I love hearing from you guys. I hope that by listening to this today, it's made you want to get out and ride your bike.